Hello, and welcome once again to another edition of TSC Music Radio's Music with a Mission, where we take an in-depth view of the artists chosen by God to use their gift to glorify Him, the stories behind their music, and of course, how the Lord has been with them in the process. We also examine the many issues surrounding music ministry, which is our agenda today. Joining us is the Director of Music here at Times Square Church, Greg Thomas, Lisa Cammy, Michelle Margiata, as we explore answers to the simple yet profound question, what is worship and what is the involvement of music in worship on Music with a Mission. This is Music with a Mission. I'm Derek Davis, and we are pleased to have with us a nice panel of guests, friends, brothers, and sisters here at Times Square Church to discuss the question, what is worship? To my left, we have the director of TSC Music, my good friend and brother, Greg Thomas. Greg, great to have you with us. Good to be here. We have directly in front of me, Michelle Margiana. How are you doing, Michelle? Doing great. And to my right, Lisa Cammy, who is reluctant to give me a title but she does a little bit of everything around here. She preaches, teaches, counsels. How do you define yourself, Lisa? I wear a lot of hats. <laughs> exactly. That's my point. Okay. So, and you I try of... not to define myself, though. Okay. Well, that's fine. Fair enough. That. Fair yeah. enough. Um, the question of what is worship is something that has been debated in Christendom. And um, before we dive in and explore the different views on what worship is, did some research, found that the Bible does not give a formal definition for worship. So perhaps we can just start by seeing what various words for worship mean. Uh, the English word worship is said to have come from two old English words, one worth, which is W-E-O-R-T-H, which means worth or W-O-R-T-H, and sip, which means ship, which in turn means shape or quality. So worship means to declare worth or to attribute worth. So worth-ship or worship is the quality, I guess, of having worth or being worthy. Are we on the same Mm -hmm. page? Are you guys with me on this? Absolutely. Okay. So when we worship, we are saying that God God has worth and is worthy. What do you guys Mm -hmm. think? Absolutely. I think we we can expound on it even more in that... I mean, it's one thing to say God has worth and that he is worthy. But then how do we ascribe that to him? You know, Mm -hmm. Um, and I I think the best example of and this is probably more uh, more a description of worship than it is a definition. Then uh, we, we then have to say that we are then ascribing worth and value to God Almighty. Okay. We are ascribing the ultimate value of the ultimate worth to God. And we do that through the the various acts of worship. Okay. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. What do you what do you say, Michelle? Yeah, I think it is giving God uh the glory that's due him. Mm-hmm. I think that uh as Greg was saying, ascribing uh how worthy the Lord is mm. and um I think it's really just the increase of of Jesus mm. and the de- the decrease of us that when we're in a place of humility and humble of a humble heart 
just as uh, Mary Magdalene went before the Lord and, and washed his feet and uh, the woman who gave all she had and, uh, you know, their hearts were at a place where they just were, Lord, I'm nothing and you're everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I, that's what I, I believe that when we ascribe the Lord, uh, the glory that's due to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lisa? Yeah, I think it's um, like an extravagant ab- abandonment to him. An extravagant, extravagant abandonment. An abandonment to him. Okay, explain uh, that. In the sense where we are given over of ourselves. I see, very good. To his heart and his will. Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. glorify him, to bring him to reputation. Not that he needs us to bring him, but to make him known and for the betterment of souls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is the perception that worship is something that we do solely within the edifice, uh, within the four walls of the church. We speak or sing about how good and powerful God is. What about the idea that worship is confined to the four walls of the church? Well, absolutely not. I think Lisa's definition nailed that to the wall. It's an extravagant expression that obviously goes beyond anything that we can contain. It We can't contain it. If it's, if it's genuine worship, it's, it's bigger than where we are. It's right. everywhere we are, and it's everywhere he is. Right. So but, wherever he is and we are, that still makes him worthy. Because I'm not inside the walls doesn't make God any less worthy. I think most Christians, though, think, you know, when they think of praise and worship, which TSC mm-hmm. is filled with that in a service. I mean, it's, it sets a mood. It sets a tone. It ushers in the Holy Spirit. And when a lot of Christians think of praise and worship, they think of that. They think of music, and they think of um, the things I just mentioned. Mm-hmm within the edifice. Yeah. I, I was thinking that it's more an uh, an outward expression of an inward posture. But by the time we get to the music, by the time we get to the instruments, that my heart is uh, bent um, to his will and my knees. My heart is bowed, my knees are bent, and it's a posture. So you're saying because even before we get to the music, your heart is there before we even get to the music? It, it makes no sense if your hands go up and you do a little two-step and your heart is not one with God okay. or your not living according to what glorifies God. Mm. So I could sing and shout and praise, um, but I think it's a it's a posture of my heart and like a bending of my knee. I think the, the, I'm sorry, the Hebrew and the Greek word, I can't recall it at the moment, but they both point to the idea of bowing down and touching the hand of God. So there's a bowing, and a, there's a bowing of, the, of the head, a bending of the knee, and, and and touching the heart of God, but not because we made the initiative, because he made the initiative to be touched. Sure. And to bow down and to kneel is to put one's face down as an act of respect and submission, uh, hence and the that, body. And that le- can be in the heart, too. It's not always an outward. Okay. A visual expression of okay. worship. You know, okay. it's, it's a heart. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, but once we've done all the bowing and the singing and the jumping and the shouting... Mm-hmm. It really is a matter of the heart. Okay. So it's a it's a it's a heart that is bent and bowed, that is reaching out to a God who made an initiative to be touched. Hmm. What do you think, Michelle? Yeah, the the theme state of heart is your state <laughs> of heart. Not, 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 I I got a CD in my car. <laughs> I don't, it's not a promotion. <laughs> like, how do I make this sound? But the, it has been my life theme is mm-hmm. is a state of heart because. It's so easy to worship, and I think, you know, sometimes you have to go beyond your feeling because you're not always going to feel like, okay, God, I'm, I'm humble right now, and really I'm prideful, you know, or really I'm, I'm working through issues in my life. Mm-hmm. But 
but it's really always bringing your heart before the Lord to uh, be examined, that you would allow the Lord to shed light in the areas of your heart that needs to be transformed only by the Holy Spirit. Mm. And, uh, I mean, if we look at, at worship not involving music, which mm-hmm. to me, I'm a musician, so it's hard to not relate it to music, but as I've studied you know, my whole life mm-hmm. uh, to, to grasp the meaning of worship, uh, I don't want to s- steal it from Lisa, but the, and you, I really want you to expound on this, but the first time that worship is really introduced in the Bible is by Abraham mm-hmm. in, Genesis in Genesis 22. Okay. And it's when, when Abraham is sacrificing his son and he's saying, let's go up and, and, and worship the Lord. And uh, basically, it's just a life of obedience and uh, a reflection of of obedience in our life to the Lord. So I, I believe it's your state of heart, but it's also a life of obedience. So there's the no way that worship can be placed in even one or two categories. Uh, that is to say, we've already talked about music. Worship is a state of heart. Or you can worship through music. Through music. Through music. Okay. And I we're going to talk about that too. Music, yeah. well, no, no, no. no <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say that. But that is a vehicle. It's a component of worship. It's an act. It's an act of worship. Okay. Or it can be an act of worship. Absolutely. And there is worship that carries out instructions in the Word and the world around us, hence the way we live. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. So worship is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. What is the difference between praise and worship? Because we say that all the time. <laughs> we say, you know, we're going to praise and worship, and then we end up singing. Yeah. So what's the difference between praise and worship, or is there? I was thinking praise has a lot to do with gratefulness and thanksgiving. Um, you mean when uh, coming, you mean what God has done for you? We're just grateful, yeah, for what he, yeah, I think not, for who the, he is first. Never mind what he's done. Okay, now this is what I've heard. Now, he you is. guys correct me right. if I'm wrong. This is what I've always heard. We worship I've, God. We worship God for, for who he is, is and we, we praise him for what he does. That's a very legitimate statement. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think it's very accurate. Absolutely. Okay. Because if we're ascribing value to God and worth to him for, yeah. for who he is, that's, that's why we worship him. Okay. It, it, we don't worship him because of what he's done. We don't worship him because he sent Jesus. We, we, because we worship Jesus as well. You mm-hmm. follow me? I think we worship God simply because he is God. He is God the creator. We would not exist if it were not for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we worship him because he loves us in spite of us. Mm. He, he loves through us in spite of us. And so we worship him because he... he the value of his love, and I think that's what we're talking about when we're talking about ascribing value and worth. The value of his love is immeasurable. We, we can't measure it. Right. You can't contain it. You can't measure it. You can't say it's, it starts here and it, be, and it ends here, you know, begins here and it ends there. It's so massive in that the worst thing that we could do and the worst things that we've ever done, he still loves us in spite of that. Right. So it's it's... It is a love that is beyond any love that we can ever think. It's greater than the love from a man to a woman, or mm-hmm. husband to a wife, mm-hmm. or a mother to a daughter or a mm-hmm. child. It's so much deeper than that we can't even measure. We can't begin to imagine how deep it is. And I think when we can, when we can really grasp the simplicity, but yet the depth of God's love for us, it will move us to worship. Interesting. It'll move us to worship. Let me read some of the Facebook comments. We've got a number of people that have contacted us and posted on Facebook as per our request. So thank you very much for being cooperative. Uh, Robert Dumas writes, I think worship is a lifestyle 
And we should worship the Lord in everything we do, giving time at work, walking down the street. Whatever we do should reflect giving God thanks for the life he gave us. So it goes back to lifestyle, what we talked about, right? Bethany Bennett wrote, I always think to myself, Christianity is not a lifestyle. Worship is. Actually, I tell myself this all the time, especially if I'm feeling a bit low. Michelle Ping says, Worship is offering yourself to God as a living sacrifice all day, every day, putting self aside and allowing your life to shine with his glory. She says, although music does help, especially for those of us who can't or should I say shouldn't sing. (laughs) That includes me. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) So again, it's lifestyle is one of the components. Heart is the other component we agreed on. Music is a vehicle. Is that or, accurate? Or an act of worship, yeah. It can be used as an act of worship. Expression, an too. Expression, yeah. yeah. So I, let's talk... I, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm just reflecting. When you, when you read the first one, I think worship is a, is a lifestyle. And, and uh, what did you say? We should worship the Lord in everything we do, yeah. everywhere we go. I was yeah. I was standing in the window yesterday at home, yesterday mm-hmm. morning. Uh, when you said that, it just reminded me. And my, my four-year-old uh, asked me, and I was holding my my three month old, and yeah. I was looking out the back door, the, uh, the window upstairs, and she said, "Why? Why is it every morning you look out the window? You stand here and you look out the window." And I never thought about it, but I had gotten so used to just admiring God's creation. Yes. Uh, I get to see some birds and some trees and things sure. that I have absolutely no control over. Yeah. Things that man has uh, no control over, and it and it really helped. And this is my answer to her: I just look out there and I enjoy. The beauty of God's creation. And okay. I'm talking to a four-year-old, but I think she so got it. It, it's, it struck her because she turned around and, uh, you know, because she's <laughs> we're at the at the breakfast table. She just turned around, looked out the window and says, yeah. Yeah. And so she started. And there's a big black bird up in the tree the out best, there. Right? Yeah, but, man. It just kind of remind you. You know, I had gotten into the habit of doing this every morning. Yeah. And it's just kind of looking out. There's nothing happening. It's, it's snow covered, you yeah, know, because yeah. uh, we got a lot of snow this <laughs> this winter. But but I think again when 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 Robert says it's in everything we do it's mm-hmm. even in the simple things sometimes we're not doing something we're just existing like but our we relationship are, with absolutely him. It's, it's a relationship there. so we're we're existing and we are admiring his handiwork sure. saying, man even the yeah, snow yeah. is a handiwork oh, one, on. one microscopic <laughs> snowflake yeah. falling consistently for absolutely. a half a day can paralyze an entire city yeah but like the simplicity of enjoying Jesus yeah. And just loving him and having him love us back, our life becomes the song. Uh, yeah. Our life becomes the song that people can see. When my posture, when my heart is entwined with his will, yeah. when I'm living for the betterment, for his purposes, the betterment, my life is going to become a song. I may not able, and I cannot sing. No, you probably can't. But I think I, we should have you sing while we're here. <laughs> Am I an alto? No, I'm I've been I told I was an alto. That's interesting, though. So I, you're saying the, your your lifestyle and how you live to worship the Lord is the song. It becomes the song. So and it beca- a song it's b- it's what bigger is it, than the actual 40? song. Is what he says that you've given me a song that people can see, see. and fear the Lord. Mm. Was, you know, and it's that song that he's singing over me, the love of God. The absolute mercy of God it comes to our mess, makes a message out of our lives, and we become the song. Per- perfect holiness. I think we shared this before in, in our classes. When perfect holiness communes with 
this imperfect dust. Mm. You know, that that is Christian worship. When when there's a communion mm. between perfect holiness, who is God, and this imperfect dust, which is which is us. Mm. Uh, and again, it's a stretching of our hearts to him. Uh, he's already made the initiative to be touched. He reached down to us, and he did that through his son, Jesus. And so it's it's when we then make the initiative to, to say, okay, Christ, uh, or, or Jesus, I'm going to embrace this love. I'm going to receive this love. And uh, and I know we were supposed to be talking about the difference between praise and worship. We can get back there. Okay, minute, no, no, but, that's fine. But I think to to solidify, if you will, uh, the idea of the the life of the believer being uh, an act of worship. Mm-hmm. It is in everything we do, but it is not because it is not God doesn't love us because we do anything. Mm. You know, it's because He's God. <laughs> and right. I think that's what we got to embrace. Right. It is not something we can fully define or explain sure. but because he's God and he is love mm-hmm. and he loves us that to me moves me to worship him interesting and it's what we it's in what we're receiving from him like Michelle was saying in Genesis 22 says we're going to go and worship when the Lord asked yeah. Abraham to sacrifice he considered giving the Lord because yeah. there was nothing withheld mm-hmm. the nearest and dearest thing to his heart he considered that a worship mm. but it's also like Hannah what you give me I give back to you mm-hmm. that's when her cry became a prayer which became a praise uh. it's what you're going to give me because I've he initiated to us like Greg and it's a stretching of our heart back to it's the giving back what he gives us okay. to the glory to his name. Nice. And it comes like a John the Baptist, like, I am not. But And we begin to point. Our life becomes a spiritual index finger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It becomes a song. It becomes a finger that points to Christ. In this littlest simplicity of how we live our lives, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when no horns are blowing. Right, right. When there's you know, no music I want to play the drums like Harry, yeah. you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. To but, the second power, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the musical component because beyond that, most Christians are so involved with that and they do think that music is the sole component of worship. And, you know, David, as we know, got the book started and organized the way music is used in worship. Uh, He didn't write all of the book of Psalms, but he did assign some of the Levites to be worship musicians. That's in 1 Chronicles 23, 5 and 25 verses 1 through 8. If worship involves music, what are the necessary elements of music and worship? Well, I think the first is is a heart, as a heart of worship. Okay. You know, even in Chronicles, as you you just quoted, uh, if you you read through the Chronicles, you'll yeah. find that uh, there was always an appointment of ministers of music, if you will. And though the scripture doesn't use that title, it's a title we use today. There's an appointment, and those appointments weren't just you know the nephews and great nephews and the cousins and brothers of you know the chief priests you know right. uh, though they did check them on them there was an appointment after there was a consulting with the people and so there was a specific there was a requirement to be walking with God they 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 checked if you will the uh the reputation of those who would lead in worship okay so that that was checked and they consulted with the people that i would imagine and if and most most studies that i've i've studied and 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 most commentaries would say the same thing that that 
it is believed that that was a background check, uh, similar to a background check today. Of course, they, they were checking okay. credit to see if you owe anybody right. <laughs> or whatever. Right. But it was to make it was to see if those people had godly reputations amongst the people, mm. because they were going to be in the front line, you know. Uh, and 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 uh, and we can go a whole lot deeper than this. I mean, we can talk about how far the worship team actually went into the battle, because mm-hmm. um, they didn't go into the battle. And what are the accomplishments? What were, exactly? Well, the word of God. To be exactly. Pretty, that's a whole other Even the structure game. of our worship yeah. services. You yeah. know, I think the church at large has pretty much the same structure. Those people are appointed because they're not only skillful, but because they have a lifestyle. And a, uh, uh, of and a reputation for pursuing righteousness. So, if a person can really sing, mm-hmm. and their heart is questionable, not good enough. What do I you think, think you, Michelle? I think you can hear it in the worship. I mean, I, I think people can fake it, mm-hmm. absolutely. But I really think if you're a fruitful Christian who knows the Lord and has a, a living relationship with the Lord, uh, there are talented people out there that could sing circles around, you know, Mariah Carey or, you know. Yeah. Uh, but there's an anointing because when you take the heart that Greg's talking about, that heart that is after God, and you put that behind the music where you put that, uh, you put an instrument in someone's hand and, and you know, you're, you're worshiping, you can f- you could just feel the presence of God. You could feel the anointing come down. And I think that, it's it's evident. I think it's evident when you combine music and and the heart for the Lord. It's it's dangerous. <laughs> it's dangerous. <laughs> yeah. You know? But yeah. the gifts don't take the place of the giver. The yeah. gifts never overshadow the giver. It's not. I'm not exalting the gifts. Right. Just as I'm, I'm exalting not exalting the message. The Lord. Right. Exactly Understood. what you guys say. Understood. And like David said, like I think he was a worshiper because, like, I love that exchange with Orden and Je- the Jebusite, and mm. it's costly worship. Mm-hmm. It cost Abraham his son. Mm-hmm. You know, it cost. Um, that woman with the alabaster it was a year's wages and she poured it out, you know. Mm-hmm. And David said, far be it for me that it doesn't cost me. When Ornan said, I give it all. Mm-hmm. There was a, it was an exchange, like a type of Christ and us. Christ gave it all and we give it all. So worship is sacrifice. Is it costs us. It's, it's sacrifice. To the one that that's sacrificed a, for us. Right. Okay, it's so that's another component now. We, to the only sacrifice. I mean, ultimately, it needs to, it needs to, you know, we say cost us something because that's probably the, the most significant word we have in our <laughs> English language to really describe it. And, and sacrifice is, I, I think, is not even a deep enough word because sometimes we use the word sacrifice as if, well, I'm just going to give this, you know, I'm going to give this. I don't want to do this. But when but there's I'm a pain sacri- in that sacrifice. When there's a pain involved. Exactly. Now you've got true worship. In I, what I think so. And, and even for this skillful, talented one who, uh, as Michelle said, you know, some people can fake it. I think one of the, re- and this is one of the reasons we do what we call interviews and auditions, you know, because I'm not, con- I'm not interested in how well a person sings before I am interested in how well they know the Savior. And yeah. so the interview becomes longer than the audition. It, the audition can be two minutes, yeah. but the interview may be three days. I see very good. <laughs> you know, I, see very good. I, I may have to meet with you several days before I am convinced. And, and that's crucial because there's so, so many areas of ministries I think churches have allowed um, skillful to supersede righteousness. 
Mm, and they take that. They they look at that as anointing. A- absolutely, because you're skillful. Because you're skillful. That takes a place of yeah. absolutely. And before you know it, you, you you've got Lucifer running the ship, man. Sure. And it's it's a it's a mess. Hence, <laughs> what the Lord Jesus said when He said, "Those people worship me in vain. They honor me with their lips, but mm. their heart is far from far me. from me." So it's a heart issue. It's a lifestyle issue. It's a it's sacrifice. a heart issue first. Exactly. It's a sacrifice in order for it to be true worship. It's a pain. And a, sacri- a pain in that sacrifice where, in that experience, we're being conformed to the image yeah. of mm-hmm. Christ. Yeah, and, and, and the pain is, I mean, it's, it's just like, the, it's its similar, if you will. I, well, I can't equate it to this, but, we, you know, Jesus said, you know, if, if, if this cup could pass, I mean, this was painful. This was, uh, to, to be obedient to God to the point of dying. You know, Scripture says he was obedient unto death and to the point of that. That whole separation, right? That whole separation, you know, which which even the disciples, <laughs> you remember when they fell asleep? You know, that's part of that whole mm-hmm. separation oh, from yeah. God as well. Mm. Um, it, it was it was felt here. It was a deep, deep uh, feeling of of separation that that said, "Yet I'm going to go on anyway." I'm, I'm gonna, not my will. Not my will, but thy will be done. Truly be done. Yeah. Let's go back to Facebook very quickly and uh, see what uh, some of the other responses were. Some of the some of the posts that we've had. We had uh, Yanina Elizabeth Roderich Hernandez. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, she said, "Worship is a heart's attitude." She agrees with everyone here. She says, "You worship even if you don't feel like singing." She said, "It's your love's expression to God for who He is." Chioma Anwudiwi, uh, she wrote, just like you cannot barge into the United States without a U.S. visa or valid passport, you certainly can't waltz into the presence of God with fleshly notions and strategy on how to worship him. So, again, it's, it goes back to what everyone's saying here about the heart, having a, a righteous heart, a true heart. I heard it said that all the Psalms are worship. All of the psalms of worship, even the ones that complain, uh, the fact that our questions and complaints are directed to God shows something about our relationship with him, that all of our life is in his hands, in his control, that the psalms show our dependence on him, hence worship. I may be stretching well, here, but what do, you, what do you say to that? I mean, there's a lot of the psalms, they'll, It's especially David wrote most of the psalms, but um, when he just he's tormented by you know his enemies or he's tormented by his sin or he's tormented by his what's going on around him in his life but he takes that and then it's like you hear his complaint and then at the end of it nevertheless he, he basically points it back to the Lord always mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. just points it back to the Lord I trust in you your love endures forever he's constantly bringing it back and I think it's it's a great example for us to look at that, just as Jesus said in in the garden, uh, take this cup from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Mm-hmm. So I think the Psalms really, uh, I know, I guess in church history that it's it's been used in the temple and the churches, and it's been used, you know, for generations uh, musically. But I, I I think just looking at the psalm at the Psalms as a model for us in worship that uh, we could, you know, it's it's okay to complain, I guess, to an extent, but 
let your complaining be short because you need to say, nevertheless, <laughs> and, and bring Lord, it back to the Lord. Bring it back sure, to the Lord. Sure. You know, well, and I, nobody I did that better than David. I mean, David yeah. complained. He poured I mean, out he, his complaint. It's not a complaint. It's just, you know, I heard a song it's the other day. Human. Yeah. It's human. It's human. It's exactly. It's like, look, feeling. I'm feeling this thing Exactly. Here. And I heard a song on the radio the other day. Because as soon as you said that, it reminded me of this song. Yeah. There's a verse in it. I don't want to name the artist because everybody in here would know it. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's a line in the song that says, my feelings, they don't matter. Uh, my feelings, they don't matter. I'm going to be like David and bless the Lord. Wow. I mean, it's obviously not matter. scriptural because your feelings do matter. <laughs> yeah. 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 And David's feelings were not being like songs. David because then David did complain about it. He did just declare what he was feeling. You know what I mean? So and so Psalm, Psalm 31 is my favorite because that's really, can I read it? Yeah. Because yeah. that's, that's, where, that's where I was. Psalm, Psalm 31 verse 9 says, have mercy upon me, O Lord. For I am in trouble. My eyes are consumed with grief, and yea, my soul and my belly. For my life is spent with grief, and my years with sighing. My strength faileth because of mine iniquities, and my bones are consumed. I was a reproach among all my, all my enemies, but especially among my neighbors, and a fear to my acquaintances, that they did see me uh, without, fled from me. Verse 12, for I, for I am forgotten as a dead man, out of mind. I am like a broken vessel. For I have heard the slander of many, fear was on every side. While they took counsel together against me, they devised to take away my life. In verse 14, but, and this is David's mm-hmm. signature mm-hmm. thing, but mm-hmm. I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my God. My times are in thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from them that persecute me. And he goes on and on. So, and, and you'll find that throughout the Psalms when right. David is, you know, declaring one his love for God, but then he may go back to say, but you know, yesterday I didn't feel this way. You know, sure. yesterday I was he's feeling like, miserable. Yeah, I'm recogni- he's recognizing his Absolutely. condition here. Absolutely. He sees who he is and, and how he's feeling, yeah. but yet he's still depending on the Lord. Because he knows. See, and see, David writes from, from personal experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he knows that not only God is God willing, but he's able. He's not only willing to help and not only willing to deliver, but he's able because he's been delivered. Mm. He's been delivered. And when you're pouring out your heart like that, even your complaint, you're working things out with God rather than you're working it out with God. Then you can settle differences with another person. Interesting. You know, you get in God's face so you can face the problem. But the pouring out, even in the complaining until we get it all out of us, that we don't say things we shouldn't say, Mm. you know, so it's a complaint to God rather than a gossip. Interesting. That could be a worship to the Lord. Yeah. That's pleasing to him. And he works it out with us and then we could face whatever we need to face. Here's another one that was thrown my way, and I was like, hmm. Where were you when you were getting all this stuff <laughs> thrown <Yeah>. at you? <laughs> I wonder why he was locked in a I couldn't get... <laughs> I always talk to all kinds of people, and all kinds of people have all kinds of opinions. What about the idea that worship is in response? In other words, that we can't know God's worth, much less declare it, unless God reveals himself to us. So... God actually initiates worship by revealing himself to us. Right. The way we respond yeah. and the proper response is indeed worship. Any validity to that? Sure. Yeah. That's what we said earlier. Okay. It's confirmation. Yeah. And God has revealed himself to us. Right. Right. You know? Now, not everybody has accepted because we've got the word of God. Yeah. And people, will, people have tried to squash it out. They've tried to mask it. They've tried to bury it. But twist they've never, twist, but they've never the been place. able yeah. to, to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And so the documented proof that God has revealed himself, not only to us, but to many. Absolutely, absolutely. 
to, 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 to our forefathers and our forefathers, many, many generations. He's Nation already revealed the glory it, declares God. his glory mm. and the and the and the heavens sing his praise, you know. So he's he has revealed himself, but not everybody has accepted the fact. Or experienced it. Or experience it for, for that, but many for don't experience personally. because they haven't accepted the word. They haven't accepted the word of God. I this think. thought I'm getting right now because they say <laughs> when you suppress the truth and unrighteousness, so mm-hmm. it's a pushing down in a denial rather than, yeah. you know, a bringing out like to re- to recognize mm-hmm. the Lord, you know, mm-hmm. and respond to the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's that pushing down, that suppressing, that we start worshiping worshiping the creature and not the Creator, which gets us in all kinds of trouble. <laughs> Absolutely. Tell you what. Good spirited spiritual conversation. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about the music end of worship. I have some questions about that. We're going to find out what the Lord Jesus Christ has to say about worship. How about that? And we're going to find out what the people on Facebook had to say. <laughs> when Music with a Mission continues with Greg Thomas, Michelle Marjan, and Lisa Cammy in just a minute. God is incredible. God is with you. God is aware of your struggle. God is ready to forgive. God is powerful. God is your friend. God is a good listener. God is for you. God is willing to God help. is and always will God be. God is able to God protect. Is God good. is power to change. God is, God is Jesus. God is here. God now. is the one who loves you. God is merciful. God is a husband to the widow. God is the one with your answer. God is there when no one else is. TSC Music Radio. Where God is. This is Carter Conlon from Times Square Church. In the Bible, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 11 and verse 11, we read the following words. By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. Maybe you feel like I do today, and you're tired, you're weary of all the negative speech, all of the criticism, all of the division that seems to be a part of our everyday society. And you wonder, how can my life make a difference? Is there something that I can do? Remember the first part of that verse says, by the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. So what does that really mean, and how can I do that? Well, there is a secret place where you can go. It's called the secret place of prayer. You can begin to talk to God and ask Him to come down and make a difference. Ask Him to reveal Himself to our society once again. It is time to pray. To find a prayer meeting in your area, visit nycprayer.org. It's TSC Music Radio's Music with a Mission. We are back talking with Lisa Cammy, uh, the teacher, preacher, evangelist, counselor. Oh, come on. You do it all. You might as well, you might as well admit it. The director of music ministry here at Times Square Church, Greg Thomas, and the assistant uh, minister of music here at Times Square Church, Michelle Margiana, and we are talking about worship, answering yet the simple but profound question of what is worship and what is the involvement of music in worship? And during the break, Michelle Margiata was talking and she was saying, you know, her fear is what? My fear is... Or concern. My concern is, and fear personally, I guess you could say, is that this generation will uh, relate music and worship solely together. That they think, okay... You know, worship is going to church, listening to Chris Tomlin or, right. you know, uh, David Crowder Band. And, and you know, it that's worship to them. Yeah. Like, this is the style of, uh, you know, it, it's all in the style and the style is what matters. And, um, you know, I've heard I've heard kids say, 
oh, it was just so great. The lights were, you know, they looked so cool, and yeah. they had the fog machine on, and and the the, the kick drum was up, and it's like <laughs> it's this whole aesthetic yeah. thing going on, as opposed to what we've been talking about right here is relationship, obedience, lifestyle. And it's emotional, dri- emotionally driven. It's 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 more emo. In fact, it's all emotion because if you strip all of that away. It's, you know, because really, you know, unfortunately, and it's not every circle. I, I'm not against theater or theatrics and, you know, stage production and this or that and things of that nature. But mm-hmm. I think if people, if our, if this generation is truly going to experience God in a place where uh, when they lift their hands and they say, Father, I worship you, they're in a familiar place. If that's going to happen, then these kids have to practice worshiping God. And what I mean by that, because I have to practice this. I don't, I don't care. You know, I, I don't just get up on Sunday morning and I, you know, I'm just induced with this ability to do. You know what I mean? I have to practice this. And, and to do that, I have to have a, a worship life and a worship period every single day. Monday, okay. Tuesday. I was going to ask, when you say practice, are you talking about routine? It's a, it's, well, it's, it's a, it's a part a routine, of your life. Exactly. It's a routine in that it may not be the same time of day, but right. it's the same thing. It's time in the Word. It's time in prayer. Sure. It's time just sitting and being quiet and hearing from God. Mm-hmm. So that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. I've got something to draw from on Sunday. I, you, you follow me? It's, I do. It is a practice. And what that does for me, and I don't, I don't know if anybody else practices this, but what it does for me is that I can practice getting in the presence of God. So I know what I have to do to get there Hmm. so that on Sunday morning, whether the people stand or lift their hands or not, I know how to get there. I hear you. Because I've been there all week. You you follow me? I do. I do. You mentioned emotionalism. Can we worship without being emotional? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. I think so. I think absolutely. Absolutely. You're looking up at the ceiling, Michelle. What, What do you think? I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I think you can worship and not be emotional in that it's an outward expression of emotion. And what do you mean by that? Meaning that I, just because I'm not lifting my hands or I'm not pacing the floor like some people do doesn't mean I'm not worshiping God in my heart. Mm. However, David said, when the spirit of the Lord moves upon my heart, I will dance, dance like, you know, I will dance or or it moves me to. You know, if we can expand on what David said, clap my hands, it might, yeah. I may jump, I may shout hallelujah, I may offer up a spiritual praise. Mm. So there, ultimately, for me, there is an outward expression. Now, I think one of the things Pastor Carter used to say, in fact, he still says, he says, different is not necessarily wrong. Okay. <laughs> I think where it gets wrong is when you start distracting people from God. Exactly. And it, people are looking at you now. Right. Doing your little Whatever two step you do, <laughs> okay, that well, makes me in nuts. Some, some cases, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, front, back, side to side. Right, right, you know, right. they, they. Well, I went through the season where I felt like, oh my gosh, emotion, emotion is bad. Like because to be emotionally driven is, you know, you're it's just fleeting and it's unstable and there's instability in it. But then I, I felt the Lord just show me through this process that. Emotion is good. He gives us emotion, but it's not to be led by our emotion. It's being able to express yourself um, through, you know, through emotion, but not uh, always being driven by it, um, and and always, uh, I guess, you know, planning all your your hopes, dreams, and everything on emotion. But mm. my point is this: it, my personality, I'm more of a laid back person, and 
<laughs> can you can you tell? <laughs> I'm a laid back person, but there These are, are so times. Cool, isn't <laughs> there are times where I have had uh, times of worship in private before the Lord, where I've danced. I have danced so hard that the next day I couldn't walk. I felt like I just did a vigorous workout, and okay. I was dying from the pain. Right. You know, just because I've I was in this place where. I, I needed victory in my life, and mm. I, I went before the Lord privately, one-on-one, and I just let it go. You know, I let mm-hmm. it all go. There have been times where I have been in the presence of the Lord where I couldn't move. I couldn't speak. I had to just bow, you know, and I think, yeah, it does have a part to play in personality, but it's really what God is doing through, I, th- I believe that music as the expression of worship is a vehicle. It's an expression, but it is. There's something so deep about it that we can't even really put our finger on it. What mm-hmm. is going on in the spiritual realm mm-hmm. when we are music worshiping through music? It's interesting, you though, know? that you got animated in private. Yeah, it doesn't Your most happen a animation lot. was in private. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like in, in a worship service where you're trying to convince because somebody. Because she doesn't want us to see what she really does. Well, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> when but, she's, when but she's you understand what I'm saying. I mean, come on. You and, I, you and I have been in church Rome for a long time, Greg. I mean, we've seen people just dance out of their socks because they're trying to convince somebody that they got it the way they're well, supposed to have it. I have to say, though, Derek, I am not the, the person to really let it go in public, but... There was a time I was leading worship, yeah. and I was—I felt so filled with the Holy Spirit. I had to—I yeah. put my guitar down, but I went in the corner. Everybody was just kind of doing their own thing, and yeah. I danced. And, and, and again, and see, I, danced, I think that's key. Danced, yeah, you know, because I—and I think maybe, maybe the word emotional is not the word we want to use right now. Maybe because I just—I've been sharing with the choir the past few months. There's a difference between spirited praise and spiritual praise, right? Right. Or spirited and, and spiritual. Right. It can be spirited, but it's got to be spiritual. It can be spiritual and not necessarily spirited, necessarily spirited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When, when, when David was bringing the ark of the, bringing the, 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 the ark of the Lord to Jerusalem, scripture says that David danced out of his clothes. Is that right? Yes. Uh, you know, well, not necessarily out of them, but you understand yeah. Yeah. He, he, he danced with all his might. And, and, and one one person is recorded despising him. I'm sure there were more. <laughs> but one person, was Saul's daughter, was recorded yeah. despising him. And how despised him. She said, how shameless. And, and so it's evident that David's dance before the Lord was spirited. But this is what made it spiritual. It was his response to her. And I got to read it because I don't yes. want to mess it up. Um, uh, let's see what that, that's Second uh, Samuel. I think it's chapter six, right? Yes, and David says in verse 21, And David said unto Michal, It was before the Lord, which chose me before thy father and before all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, I play, or I will play, mm-hmm. before the Lord. Yes. And I think that states his, the condition of his heart. Mm-hmm. It was a spiritual, spiritual praise a spirited praise that was spiritual because it was before the Lord. It was an excite, exciting thing. It was he was excited because the presence of this is the presence of God we're talking about, mm-hmm. and having it with you and you being responsible for ushering it in. That's a huge responsibility. Yeah. I think the key is though you that know? emotion must follow the will. Okay, and you don't you don't negate the the emotion. Okay, but 
you, it's not the will follows the emotion. It's the emotion they, they, follows right. the they, they will. Do, they do. You know. They do go together, but I think in 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 some cases, especially if you have the responsibility of ushering a people into the present, because that's what really worship leaders, if you will, or worship stewards are are there to do. Mm-hmm. You don't find their roles necessarily as we see it scripturally. I I remember getting an email here at the church once. Um, from from a from a gentleman who visited and said, you know, I loved I loved the worship there, and you know what I love most about it is because I could not find the worship leader. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, you, you yeah, understand. Sure. And so there's a difference. So it between, wasn't about the the worship leader and the flamboyancy of the choir. Nobody running back and forth across the platform, yeah. throwing yeah. up signs and signals yeah. and spinning around. Okay. Uh, and again, I think it can be spirited. But it's got to be spiritual. It can be spiritual and not necessarily spirited. And, and and we know churches that don't always lift their hands. There's some churches that don't clap. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they are not spiritual. Mm-hmm. And because the thing about music, can, it can bypass. Uh. It goes. It could get straight into the heart. It could bypass all clutter, all torment in the mind. You know, it goes two ways. If you have... Um, music that's in the world with another spirit, mm-hmm. um, it affects the heart. It affects the mind. It affects the way we think. So, the same is true worship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It bypasses everything and gets into the inner places of our heart and mind. Opens up our heart and mind for the truth to come, for the gospel. Mm-hmm. The gospel comes and it's preached and it's aimed. It gets into your mind. It gets into your heart. And then the Holy Spirit comes and burns that thing. Yeah, which, mm-hmm. which is why our songs have to be laced and lined with the gospel of truth. So that being said, can we worship with any kind of music? Mm. Any kind of music? You mean style and genre? Yes. I would imagine some people can, but no, I can't. You can't. <laughs> no. I, I think, like, if there's a mixture of, like, for instance, a house beat and you're trying to make it spiritual, it's waking up what God wants to put to sleep. I'm, like, in the discos all my life. Yeah. I don't want to come to church oh, and do I the hustle. Oh, I Absolutely. see your point. I, see your I point. want that thing sleeping. I okay. want it dead. I but, see you know, Or I could be in the church right on the dance floor with my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> right. I don't want to do that. <laughs> right. You don't want any reminders. No. Of that. So when you're mixing it, I think that we do a great harm yeah. because there is no mixture in him, mm. in right. Christ. Mm. And I think, I think music in the church is supposed to be significantly different from that in the world anyway. There's supposed to be a very clear musical difference between what we call Christian music or gospel music and what the world has in terms of stylistically. And there is a a clear difference. Uh, You can go on any stage and any platform. You can look at some of the award shows and et cetera. And you can have... You, you can have some of the finest musicians, Christian or non-Christian, and they can play the latest Christian song. Right. Or not the latest Christian song. Right. And somebody starts singing the lyric to that song. Yeah. There, there is a noticeable difference between that which is unto him and that which is not. Does that make sense? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And so I can't take a Luther Vandross song or whoever, you know, Kanye West or whatever. I can't take that and then try to change the lyric and and call myself ministering to this generation. That's not ministering to them because I don't care how well I do it. They're going to hear Kanye West or they're going to hear 
Luther Vandross. You, you follow me? Okay. And like Lisa not, said, if that thing is asleep, huh? Are you not into the Martin Luther approach then? Martin. <laughs> what is the Martin Luther approach? Well, for the, well, for the benefit was, of our listeners who don't know, what is the Martin, uh, Luther, Martin Luther approach? Almighty fortress is our God. So before us. What? <laughs> but that was from the saloons. That was an old right. folk tune that was sung in bars. Okay. And Martin Luther took that and he sang it to relate to the people because before that, nobody could relate to the church. They didn't even know what language they were. They, were, they didn't even right. know, you know, Latin at that time. But, right. Now, and clearly, you know. we have a number of genres that are in Christendom that that appeal to a person's personal preference. But what we're saying is that type of music is not exactly worship worthy. Is that I what you're saying? Because that's what Lisa just well, said. Well, I, I think, no, I don't I don't think that it is. I don't think all of it is. But again, when we start talking about music and preferences, we're talking about personal preferences. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not talking you about know, what you listen really to in your comes. iPod. No, you know? I mean, in general, I'm talking you about may w- prefer one style of music. I may prefer another style. She may prefer another style. She may. Right. So at the end of the day, it really becomes about stylistic preferences. Doesn't matter how we phrase it. It really does become about but our preferences. What? But whether or not what she likes ushers me into the presence of God is a different story. Okay. She may she may find her way there mm. with grunge and It's and different stuff. styles, but I think like with God, I'll rob his statement. It's like it has to be Christ-centered. It's got to be centered. And it's you a know, stark It difference. has to be Christ-centered. You could have different you could have, uh, we do like a little bit of Spanish here, like different kind of, what would you call that? Latino. Uh, we're all different Latino kinds style. of uh, types of music mm-hmm. but it's Christ-centered. Well, you take Israel Houghton, and Israel Houghton takes a lot of 70s beats. And, I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there that we don't even realize is in the church. A lot of stuff even that we do here that is 70s groove or, you know, and it, I don't think people even realize. But it's the anointing that makes the difference. Yeah. Okay, so so are we saying that anointing it's doesn't— It's hard to, to define it or yeah, yeah, that's it, what we're trying to Yeah, yeah, that's what we're trying to get to the bottom of. Are we saying that the anointing only falls on certain genres of music? No, I think what we're saying is that at the end of the day, it is about personal music preference. <laughs> we we can't box this into, yeah. you know, gospel music is the only music they're singing. And what if we get that? I said this before. We get there and they're singing country western. What are we going to do? Yeah. We're going to we're gonna choose not to worship in no, heaven I'm, because I'm, it's I'm not gonna, my I'm style gonna be putting of music. We're going to wear Michelle's boots. <laughs> <laughs> we get those boots and we're going. <laughs> you know, so, so it's I like think. It's like we're going to be do around yeah, here. Yeah, I think in certain, dim, in certain demographics, certain genres or styles is acceptable. Okay. You know, but. You know, I you know, you know, draw me nearer, which is my favorite hymn. Yeah. It's not something I'm going to sing on the street corner when I'm trying to minister to a group of thugs. Right. You well, know, I'm yeah, just no. not. You know, I'm going to find something that's a little more uh, relatable, if you will. Right. Like Lisa said, for her, it's, you know, she's trying to bury certain things or keep yeah. things buried, you know, okay. in her life, and I, it, it is a personality thing, but okay. it's it's hard to say uh, if it is Christ centered. It's Christ-centered, and it's going to reach it's going to reach the people of God, and it's going to cause us to worship. But I th- I think the fruit the fruit of it will will tell. Let me let me ask you to musical directors question: What if a person has a heart for worship, but they just can't sing? Should that person be in a choir? No. no. Oh, you guys are so cold-blooded! And, <laughs> whoa. You just said no with no. no hesitation. Okay, you got to explain that. <laughs> well, because, again, if we, and, and we can back this up in Scripture, you know, certain, you know, Kenanai was appointed because he was what? Skillful. Skillful. 
So if the leader has to be skillful, then why shouldn't the leader demand anything? Why should the leader demand anything less? I see very good. Okay. Well, it's a kind of self-explanatory. And, and the reality is, <laughs> the reality is, when people come to the house of God and they start singing and worshiping, yeah. and, and the choir does what we call that choir special, it's just the choir. It's not the congregation singing. They want it to sound good. Come on. You know? We don't buy, we don't buy CDs of the whosoever will come artists if they're flat. And the music is whack. We don't buy that CD. <laughs> we buy stuff that sounds good. We don't give those so CDs away. So why not in the house of God? <laughs> Guess we won't be auditioning for the choir, Elise. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. They, well, you guys might. Set, you guys might be the, bar the very high. You might be the dependent singers. So I'll stick to the preaching okay. and the teaching. Okay. Uh, let's go to Facebook and just get another comment here. We've got a comment from Madeline Rivera. And she says, worship is to praise God, to express the appreciation and love that we have in him. He is awesome. And it does not always involve music. You can verbally or in spirit express your love for God anytime, anywhere. She says, I worship the Lord everywhere I go, even in my mind. She agrees with the the panel here. You guys uh, want to know what Jesus had to say about it? Which I, I, you probably already know. Oh, well, you yes. tell us. Of <laughs> we know. Jesus. <laughs> we may not have read that book. What did Jesus do in worship, and what did he say about worship on the gospel? The gospel's most direct teaching about worship is in John 4. Well, based on some of the research that I've done, this is set in the context of that, that centuries-old Jewish Samaritan squabble over the place, the correct place of worship. Mm -hmm. And the woman said, Our fathers worshiped on the mountain, but you Jews claim the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. And Jesus replied, Believe me, woman, the time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. In other words, location is not important. Had she given him the drink? State of heart. She would have been worshiping. Very nice. That is a good point. Yeah. But Jesus went on, you know, he went on to say, you know, it's, it is not about Jerusalem. It's not about Jerusalem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he says, you know, the issue is, do you worship God in spirit yep. and in truth? I think we worship him in spirit and in truth when we agree with his truth and we believe for the Holy Spirit to empower us to live it. God makes promises to us. And we believe him to bring his promises past. We worship in spirit and in truth. It's simple. We make <laughs> it complicated. But if it's a place, I agree with Michelle, it will be the state of heart. Ah, <laughs> oh. nice. So, so it can be a place. Well, a place of your heart. That state like New York is. State. Of no, heart. not that. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> this is just to share a little testimony. When I was a teenager. Just uh, I was leading worship for my youth group. Yeah. That's how I was cultivated in worshiping. And, uh, you know, when I came home and, you know, did the daily routine, everyday routine, my mother and I would fight about, you know, cleaning the house, doing my chores. Yeah. And I'd get an attitude with her and we'd fight and debate. And she'd say to me, Michelle, you know what? She'd say you could worship on stage. You lead worship. But. The way you're treating me right now is not a reflection of that. Wow. My wife said that to me once. Did oh, she, did she, did she, and you know, she called you on that like that? 
that you know i i kind of like you know grumbled it off and whatever yeah but through the years that's run that just rings in my spirit yeah. and uh till this day i um you know i just moved back home recently from being on my own for seven years and uh i i'm cleaning the house <laughs> <laughs> let's just say that yeah, we're washing the dishes. <laughs> worship and at its finest in spirit and the truth <laughs> it's worship to me I know that it's helping my mother. I know that it's helping my... Lesson I know her. that my attitude when I do it is pleasing to the Lord. Uh-huh. And that's that to me is worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. It's what you do behind closed doors. It's what you do to your family members. It's yeah. how you treat the people who love you and the people who don't love you. Yeah. Yeah. That is worship. So good. Le- Lisa, we, we, we share this in the class. We, we worship God to serve God. Mm. We don't serve him to worship him. Oh, so good. That and that's exactly so what Michelle is saying. Yeah. The the true impact of our worship is not felt when we're gathered, mm. when the church scatters. Mm. And so when we go home, we go to, the, or to our jobs, we go into the community. Yeah. The true impact of our worship is when we are worshiping God there. Mm. And the impact of that is seen. The evidence of that, of our faith is seen when we come together as a body of Christ. Mm. So... The impact of it is when we scatter, <laughs> not when we gather. Yeah. And so yeah. that is so spot on, you know. It is. And time just goes by too quickly. This is, a, this is such a great conversation. We got we to gotta get you guys back on. Yeah, but we got to touch this Martin Luther thing because she threw that out there and, and I didn't get to. Why should the devil have all the good music? That's you know? what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> No, it's great. It's, I it's, didn't mean it's to a reality. Throw a wrench in the wheel, the but, wheel, but, but I think and we're I'm glad get... it's out there. In fact, let's encourage our our social network community, okay, to to write in to to us about that. Well, there you go. M- Michelle said Martin Luther, Martin Luther's uh, a mighty fortress, obviously, and she's absolutely correct that right. the song is uh, was was played in saloons and in, in other uh, not so godly places, if okay. you will. Uh, but yet, it is one of the most well known Christian songs, anthems, if you will, hymns in the world. Mm. And it's accepted. Ah. Why is that? So I'll, I'll Send open us it your up. comments on that. <laughs> Send us your comments, Facebook and Twitter, so we can have an upcoming podcast. And we're going to talk more about worship. We're going to find out who is qualified to worship and to lead worship. Uh, another topic in the worship series here on Music with a Mission. I want to thank you guys for coming on. Greg Thomas, Michelle Margiata, Lisa Cami. great conversation, great spirit in the room. Thank you for being on Music with a Mission. Thanks for having us. Yeah, is, is Lisa going to sing now? <laughs> we got Pass time. Me my guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Lisa, Michelle, Greg. We really appreciate it. Take joy, my king, of what you hear, and let it be a sweet sound in your ear. We sincerely hope and pray that this podcast is a sweet sound in your ear. By the way, we do want to hear what you think about music with a mission. We want your tips, hints, questions, and suggestions. Email your comments to music at timesquarechurch.org, or check out TSC Music on Facebook and Twitter. And, of course, visit the website, www.tscnyc.org slash music. Portions of music in this podcast provided by TSC Music, produced by the director of TSC Music, Greg Thomas, mixed and engineered by Harry Vaughn, and special administrative assistance from Jessica Karaska.
Remember, if ever we put the messenger before the message, we have failed to present an unblemished gospel. I'm Derek Davis. Join us next time on Music with a Mission.